next installment of the SUS News Podcast Series, where we interview newsmakers and discuss the news and applications relevant to the global unmanned technologies community. I'm your program host, Patrick Egan, and this is where we would usually say hello to our co-host, Mr. Gene Robinson, but Gene Robinson is at a law enforcement uh, symposium deep in the heart of Texas, so I guess Gene couldn't break away. That's okay. He's doing important stuff. Um and that's uh, that's that's what we do here. So we're going to move right into the the, the podcast. It's going to be thirty minutes of mind blowing um, information about uh, you know how to how to basically operate your drone safely in the NAS. And we're going to bring on our guest straight away. We got Nathan Ruff, CEO of UAS Sidekick. Good morning, Patrick. Morning, and Jason Kanzler, COO of UAS Sidekick. How's it going? It's doing good. Good to be here, Patrick. I'm glad you guys could be on here. You know, I've been a UAS Sidekicker for a long time now. I only have one app on my phone, and it's guess what? Guess what it is? That's amazing. We we love to hear that. That's uh, that's our plan across the entire universe. It's <laughs> just to have one customer named Patrick Egan. <laughs> exactly. God, we got that. Man, we don't, you know, we, this thing scales. You got to talk to your VC investors. We got this guy out here in California. It's great. No. Um, no, I like it. And, you know, I, I do want to get into um, why I like it and how long I've liked it and all of the rest of that stuff. Um, but before we get into the meat and potatoes, of the cell phone app world, uh, I'd like to get, uh, you know, as we always do here, it's kind of customary that we get a brief bio from the guests and how they became involved with the small unmanned aircraft systems world. So, Nathan, could you please uh, go first on that one? Absolutely, Patrick. So, I'm Nathan Ruff, CEO of UA Sidekick, and um, I came to the world of drones for management consulting, of all places. So, I was a a strategy and hops guy in biotech and pharma for about 18 years and finally had the epiphany that, you know, getting on an airplane every Monday morning to fly to a client site and not getting back till Friday was a little bit like being a hamster on a wheel and having a life. So kind of looked around and tried to find something that combined my love of aviation with emerging technology that maybe had the potential to be a tiny bit disruptive. And it's uh, been UAS ever since for me. Uh, it's really to me all about safety and working to see how we can best integrate unmanned aircraft into, you know, the world of traditional manned aviation. And UA Psychic is really just a manifestation of that desire. Well, that that's concise. Did uh, did you have that written down, or was that off the top of your head? I took some notes. <laughs> I took a couple notes, Patrick, because I know you keep your your bar very high. So uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to achieve that <laughs> that, that service level for you. <laughs> well, good. That's all right. I'll blow mine. Good. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. some good stuff right there. Jason. Yes. So, you know, going back, I mean, I was eight years old when I first flew a RC plane. And I think ever since then, it, it just grew. I uh, worked in uh, security uh, for over 13 years, but uh, it all came back around uh, several years ago when uh, I started another company uh, to fly drones for, for a living and and uh, delved into the uh, 333 waiver, uh, got that waiver to be able to fly commercially, and then went into the 107, and then uh, night flight authorization, but uh, also a, a manned aviator as well. So love flying and love to be in this industry. Well, that's good. So you have a passion for flight. 
Now, uh, a little bit, you know, before we got on the uh, the program was recording, you know, we were talking a little bit about, you know, safety of the NAS. And, uh, you know, that kind of echoes what uh, I'm interested in and also Gene's interested in. Everyone at SUS News is interested in is, you know, safe integration of drones into the airspace. And, you know, all of us kind of share the same idea that it's an occupied place with a, with other users, let's say, you know, um, you know, what's up there now is, you know, general aviation and all types and sorts of banned aviation. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, I don't want to say we're the new kids on the block, but we want to do some new things. And, uh, you know, we have to work together to be good neighbors. And uh, it sounds like that's where you guys are coming from. Yeah, Patrick, I don't think we could agree with you more. Um, as Jason was saying, we both come from a, a manned aviation background. And, and what we really see, or what we saw at least when we were getting into this industry, was people were really treating UAS drones as a, as a silo or a, a standalone part of the aviation industry. And, it, and it's really not that. It can't be, as we all know. Manned aviation, unmanned aviation, it's really just aviation. We're all up there you know, sharing the same sky together, and we've got to help each other out. Well, exactly. And, you know, the other thing is, is that, you know, in the beginning, in the beginning, you know, it's it's coming crawling out of the cave. uh, There were a lot of people in the unmanned world that kind of were like, yeah, we're coming to take your job. You know, that's, that's not always a good, you know, way to kind of break into a new technology. And I've never really felt that way where we've never really been there to take somebody's job. This just offers another tool in, let's say the aviation toolbox and, you know, how do we integrate right. that tool? And I think there's been a lot of hype and it's all been overblown. It's starting to come to, uh, I think people are starting to make these realizations now, you know, that the sky is going to be dark with drones. I see less <laughs> drones flying now than I used to, you know. Um, but whatever the case, we, we need to figure out ways to uh, cooperate with, with the other users. You know, I, I equate it to like, you know, moving into a new neighborhood and, you know, throwing a three-day kegger. Uh, you know, it makes you popular with well, neighbors. But that is fun. That can be kind of fun sometimes. It's a good, t- yeah, it's a good time. Believe me. Uh, you know, I went to school in Chico, and uh, I'm talking from experience. But anyway, that's another story. So, we'll uh, moving right along. <laughs> the uh, UAS sidekick was just named as a land supplier. You know, so what does what does that mean to the company and the end user? Yeah, you bet. Well, we're certainly pretty excited to have been named a UAS service supplier and, and Lance partner. Um, I, I think our goal, Jason, you jump in anytime you want, but it's always been about kind of the user interface. We want to build an app that's fast and easy and something that you can take on the run. Uh, and so to be able to right. do that for these public aircraft operators who are flying with a COA and need to file that NOTAM, what we've seen is we, we just unchained them from the desk. Um, and we said, hey, you know, no more having to dig up VOR radials and, you know, go through that, that, that pain just make it point and click, make it very graphically interface, and, and that's what we do. And so being able to do that on the run allows them to get to their real job of, you know, saving lives and doing the good things that Gene's doing right now down in Texas. Right. Right. And as far as the ops are concerned, you know, we were counting clicks, right? We, we wanted to make sure that they could do what they needed to do in the shortest amount of time possible. So uh, I think that from the very beginning, you know, cutting through the red tape was the initial thought process and then trying to provide value beyond that. Uh, so it just evolves. Yep, and great point, yeah. Jason, because evolution. Yep, sorry. I was just going to say that the evolution really is Lance, which was your question. And so, you know, this ability, this low-altitude authorization and notification capability that the FAA has come out with, I mean, 
we, we really do see it as a little bit of a game changer. There's pros and cons to it, but it's at least a step in the right direction because what it's really doing is saying let's, let's, take, let's create a solution that really is able to handle the volume. And, and, and whether it's the 7 million that, you know, we've all seen as a big, big number, or to your point, Patrick, that maybe the skies aren't necessarily going to be, you know, black with drones in any time in the near future, it's, it's still likely to be a pretty big number and grow. So this idea of kind of a, a machine-to-machine solution where there's some automation that can really start handling, you know, the traffic as well as other areas of friction, I mean, I, I see it's just the first step and probably waivers. Um, you know, that the ugly W world will, will, will follow that same ability to have technology, you know, address some of these, these areas of, of pain. Right. Well, and it, and it could be uh, some growing pains, too, you know. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to go down like any of the, let's say, the rabbit holes of, of history. But um, I do think that there, there is some, um, it is a partial practical solution and, and what needs to be done as we move forward because you know the the old way of doing it obviously wasn't working and it really wasn't working for people who want to do business because it's really hard to you know hey uh, I want to figure uh, you know I'm gonna I want to fire fly, fly that fire on Mulberry Street six months from now you know in right. class C airspace it's gonna be great and I mean, if you had a crystal ball where you could like, you know, uh, <laughs> forecast, one, yeah. yeah, it's like, I don't think I'd be horsing around with drones. I'd probably be, you know, playing the ponies. Playing the ponies, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a trifecta, all trifecta every day, and I'd be killing it. Or, you know, uh, whatever else, you know, mining bitcoins. <laughs> but, you know, uh, exactly. so... I, I do think that's good, and automation is good and things, and there, there's room for improvement, but it's at least a start, and I think we're going in the right place. So, you know, there are other suppliers. Um, you know, this is one of the things I, I did want to talk about, um, mm-hmm. you know, with with the Sidekick product. Um, you know, you guys have noticed we're, we're over there on the, the flight services website, Leonard Weather Brief, which – you guys have been around a lot longer than a lot of these guys that have made cell phone apps for Lance even knew the flight services existed. How long have you guys been over there? Yeah, no, we, um, we incorporated in 2016. Um, we kind of started dreaming about it, I think, in 2015. And then we spent a lot of time really keeping the solution in beta. We, we wanted to get it right. Um, and we knew that, you know, you can't, in that old age, you, you know, you can't, you don't have a second chance to make a first good impression. Well, because this is about safety and it was about airspace and given our manned aviation background, you know, we were passionate about it, but we took it seriously. So we kept it in beta quite a while and, and just recently um, actually started charging for it, which is a, which is a completely new approach for us, which we can talk about in a minute because Holy I know, I'm sure there's a $64,000 question about a business model out there somewhere. Um, so, but before we get there, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because the industry is, you know, we integrated with Lighthouse back in 2016, and the whole idea was to say, let's, let's try to make the solution easy for folks who don't have that manned aviation background and training, you know, just point and click. And I think that's maybe what sets us up as a little bit different model than some of the other players on the block. Um, we, we didn't think we needed to build our own organic map. We knew that flight service was a tool that was tried and tested and, and works, works darn well. And so we said, hey, let's try to, instead of building this organically, show UAS and drone operations on that map so manned and unmanned can really exist together and truly integrate. 
And it's still, I mean, what? it still surprises us today to find people that uh, it's a surprise to them that this is available, right? Notums, uh, whether they're, you know, whether they're perfect for the situation or not, it's available space that, uh, you know, could be taken uh, and used specifically for this. So that's, that's what we saw. And, and, uh, when we started that that was available. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they have the, the UAS tab up there and, you know, it's been up there and, and you know, I, I ran across your product over there. Cause I mean, I, I like, you know, sky vector. I've always been a big fan of sky vector. I like the instant, you know, I can look at the big picture and I was teaching in uh, San Francisco, which is, you know, it's busy uh, airspace down there, you know. They gotta, it's pretty complex. And uh, the students, you know, uh, be like, well, hey, you know, you want to check out some of these airspace apps. And, you know, they're looking around. And I'm not going to do – most of my students were Chinese. And it was what they had to say about, like, the Nova Flory Fly app uh, was pretty funny, you know. Uh, and some of the other apps were uh, not looked upon very favorably. People didn't understand what was going on and what it meant and that you could toggle. Basically, you could toggle stuff off until it was okay to fly there. And I was like, well, that's, that's not really how it works. Um, and let's just say, you know, that my negligent insurance or negligent instruction insurance is paid up in full. Because, you know, I would see what they were posting on Facebook. Anyway... Um, oh, so, Patrick, you know, that's the tinfoil solution to software. I love it. You just figured out how to uh, wrap a little bit of tinfoil around a, a software antenna. That's, that's a good approach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, hey, you know, you, you, I guess these kids are they're they're motivated. So, um, you know, but the, you know, we use the sky vector and people, I, I, but man, holy mackerel, how do these blue circles get on sky vector? Do you like guys like mm. to address that? Definitely. And and to me, Jason, I'm going to take this one and have you uh, just uh, fill in where I miss. But this is kind of why we're so excited about the Lance bit of it. And and you're right, there's, there's obviously lots of room to grow uh, in, in that service offering. And, and I think we will. But kind of what we've done, which is a little bit different, is to say oh, we already had this relationship with Lighthouse and Flight Service. So we have a direct pipe that we're pulling their TFRs and, and we're able to file the NOTAMs in what's called an unmanned operating area, which is effectively it's it's kind of like a NOTAM light. It's Skyward uh, or Skyvector uh, trademarked them as DROTAMs, so I have to give them credit for that. But it's basically a situational awareness tool, and it goes into the system, and the 80,000 manned aviation pilots who get flight briefings each week, and that's 80,000 a week, they ask, you know, you know, when you get ready to fly, obviously, Patrick, you fly, we fly, you know, which runways are closed, you know, how's the weather, and now, you know, where are the drones along my route? And so what we did was we put the Lance system and the flight service system together so now when you actually file lance behind the scenes in our app it goes ahead and files a uoa which is this unmanned operating area and it populates that flight service map so now manned aviation can really see what's going on in these low altitude areas around controlled airspace and airports um so we're really excited about really kind of taking a, a small first step forward to really integrating the two worlds which has always been our goal well, and you know, if if uh, it should be a two-way street, so I mean that's that's good news, you know. If I'm going to take the time to play the game, let's say correctly, um, then you know other people can understand what I'm doing, which is I think something that's really missing from the drone aviation culture, which we discussed a little bit before, uh, you know, the podcast went live. I, I you know. That's one of the things I don't think, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you can't mandate um, common sense 
I don't think you can right. mandate the culture of safety. And I, and I do think that information is going to play a part moving forward. But these are really just tools for the RPIC, you know, and the RPC, our RPIC still has a, you know, responsibility. But, you know, I like what I'm hearing. Um, I do, you know, like how it's all kind of tied together. Now, the other thing with flight services, you know, let's let's talk about this real quick because it, it is on the uh, 107 test, and you know, they talk about the 1-800-WWW, uh, you know, the, the weatherbrief.com, blah blah blah. Go over there, and it's surprising how many people don't go over there, or don't know what's going on, or don't even know how the system works. Or how all of the the information's piped in and everything else, you know. I re- I just read another. There was another article, you know. One of these uh, congressmen who's also a uh, pilot was like, "Ah, oh, the NOTAMs are garbage," you know. I don't. You <laughs> I, know, saw that. I don't. Well, I don't know if they're. Well, garbage. that was interesting. Well, yeah. Oh, well, okay. what's interesting? I think their point was is that you're trying to, you know, say that the, you know, all the paper trail for the NOTAMs, you could have three or four or five, ten pages of NOTAMs, and what pilot, you know, has the time to leaf through each one of them uh, and try to see what was important to their flight. And so that was even part of our design at the beginning was try to make it graphic. Why not help them? make that determination what's important to them and so even in the NOTAM space we were we were trying to help or even improve that situation uh and uh and provide awareness right and and you know i don't think i mean people the NOTAM thing is like a you know it's a code just like the uh the weather right. you know at the uh the airports yep. yeah are all a code and it's all broken down. And in the old days, when you used to get on a plane and the pilots were there and the door was open, they had like that uh, daisy wheel printer printout. I wish mean, <laughs> you guys probably remember this. And this guy would be rolling yeah. through this stuff, and it's like six feet long, eight feet long, and they're supposed to like read all of that stuff. It's like, you right. know, I mean, you know, uh, just being a you know a human being with, uh, you know, uh, whatever, you know, trying to, to to decipher all of that and digest all of that. Everything else very hard to do. So I think it's kind of an information overload. Again, moving forward with technology tools to uh, help us better digest the all of this information. Um, all right. So, you know, we we kind of touched on some of the other you know uh, points of like where you're getting your data and the attributes that set the uh, the Sidekick app apart. Um, I mean, were there, was there anything that we, we, we missed or you wanted to elaborate uh, on those two points? I mean, uh, uh, what, we, for the data, you, you, just to, to reassure um, you and everyone else, I mean, we're pulling our NOTAMs and TFRs directly from Lighthouse, who manages the FAA flight service. So we, we feel like we have a, a pipe, uh, you know, a direct pipe to those data sets. And then the rest of it we're getting is from ESRI, ArcGIS, and the FAA databases. So we're, we're really using the most current, up-to-date, up-to-the-second information that's informing, you know, safety bulletins and manned aviator briefings and sectionals because, I mean, truthfully – People have to have that knowledge to fly safely, and I think as the industry grows and matures, it'll become more and more um, apparent and valuable about how that, how building a safety culture and having the right, you know, tools at your fingertips can really help keep all of us safe because nobody wants an accident. Oh heck no! So you're you're getting all of your information straight off of the uh, the pipe, as it were, and unfiltered. Um, it's basically the way it exactly. is. Correct. That's correct. Okay. Right. Correct. That's correct. Which is, you know, how I, I I prefer to have my data. I don't really want middle people or other persons that don't know no. what they're uh, talking about kibitzing on my data. I don't like it. 
cranky. Yeah, and, and it doesn't go through China, so that's a good thing, too. All right. Well, you know, it's good news, too. You know, that's a, I do want to say, I mean, I, uh, you know, I was just over in China. I like the Chinese. I think that they're pretty, uh, they're focused, you know, they're smart people. Um, right. And I think we underestimate it, man. We got to keep our eye on them because they, uh, they're not horsing around, man. They're all about the Maojimans. Um, no, I, I did a number of projects over there as well. And I, I agree with you hundred percent, some very talented, sophisticated folks. And I think, um, yeah, I think maybe in the U.S. we have to go down this rabbit hole, but you know we maybe took the eye off, took our eye off the ball a little bit. And so Jason and I do a lot of work in the security industry as well. And you know there's 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 some concerns there, and I think it'll it'll tighten up just like everything else. I mean, you see where where the weaknesses are, and 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 you fix them. And so it's better than not noticing them at all. Yeah, exactly. And so you know we just got to be uh, a little bit, you know, let's say less lazy. <laughs> than we've been in the past. That's you know? right. I don't blame, you know, you can't blame anybody. It's just if you're lazy, you know, uh, hey, you know, people will, uh, you know, lay path of least resistance. So, you know, earlier um, in the, the podcast here, I, I heard something about actually charging for, for a service <laughs> in, in drones. What, what's going on here? Yeah, right. So um, I think that's kind of a, the big question that all of us in the industry are struggling with and, and and whether you're out there as a pilot you know making a living you know doing commercial real estate or ag or any of those you know we, we've all seen the news of the price points you know and the competition really taking its toll for those you know of us on the software side i think we're all still trying to figure out you know is there is there a way to make this um you know a viable um business concern uh, and Truthfully, we have always wanted um, to keep UA Sidekick free. That was kind of our idea from the beginning. We had a, an angel investor who was just amazing, who believed you know, powerfully about the, the safety of the national airspace system and you know, wanted to contribute. Uh, it was funny, I was talking to a VC friend, and he called him a herbivore as opposed to a carnivore because you know, he did want to make money, but at the same time, he wanted to do it feeling good and having, you know, do it, having a, you know, some good stories to tell at cocktail parties and, and you'll be able to sleep at night. So you know, we had thought that we could just keep it free and it really took us a long time to, to flip the switch but what we found and kind of realized Jason you can chime in is that basically you know if we charge five bucks a month for access to the entire system um, we can roll that money back into development and start you know providing the other solutions that people are asking for and so we figured hey you know we base that $5 a month on a very sophisticated amount of market research. Um, we base, it basically is what it cost my wife to go buy uh, a chai latte at Starbucks. So we figured that seems like a, a reasonable and doable price point, and so that's kind of what we went with. Uh, I like that. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way. That's, that's four chai lattes. going to start thinking of everything. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's that's only one chai latte a, a month. For yeah, if you just give up one. Yeah, you can right. you can use you have full access to our system. So and you know and I've got to say <laughs> that we do would would go against my entire grain if I didn't say for public safety organizations we are offering enterprise solutions. So we understand that you know everybody's stretched in in that world, and so we offer you know an enterprise solution that really you know defrays the cost for having multiple users. So it's we're really not about trying to. You know, make millions. We're we're really trying to figure out how to you know invest um, and continue to build a solution so all of us have a better tool at our fingertips. Well, you know, I do like. I mean, I don't know if you guys you know follow any of my uh, my my comedy routine that I lay down out there on the, the Twitter. 
and the LinkedIn, but, you know, I'm always talking about scaling the non-paying customers, which is kind of a joke because, uh, you know, nothing plus nothing equals nothing. That's right. You have well, to hey, hey, just to clarify, yeah, our, our business model really won't work, Patrick, if it's only you out there. So um, as, as fun as that idea yeah, was at the beginning of the show. <laughs> I was going to say, I I was I've got to grow that on, a few extra users on board. <laughs> yeah, I was going to get on the phone and call the wife and say, hey, look, you know, that uh, Mocha is off today because uh, i got to pay my, my subscription fee. Well, you know, these poor guys are counting on me. <laughs> well, it's, it was almost a form of crowdfunding for us. That was the idea that we could pour it back in. And up to this point, we had. And it's it's something that, um, you know, we have the desire the, and the energy for this industry. Uh, and so even though there's only so much we can do internally. And so growing that, you yeah, know, yeah. it's obvious you need a business model. But, yeah. Well, you know, uh, the business model thing is good. And, and these people that, uh, okay, we have a saying out here in Silicon Valley, if it's free, you're the commodity. Okay. Right. And uh, anybody who thinks there's a free lunch, you know, I don't know what they're smoking. Right. But, uh, there is no free lunch. And the other thing is, is you know, I don't, don't want to get down the rabbit hole, but no matter how you dice it up, the other people out there uh, have to find ways to pay for the uh, the overhead, the junkets, right. the cocktail parties, and all the rest of that. And the way that they're going about that. As soon as you figure it out, you may not like it. So it might be okay to uh, pay for a good service up front. And that's just your your old Uncle Patrick talking there, trying to enlighten the, the community. Because um, when you figure it out, you're not going to like it. So anyway, but uh, there's nothing wrong with charging for a good product, you know, um, or a good tool, I, you know. And, and I think that you guys have one. Like I said, it's the only only airspace app that I've got on my iPhone. So, um, you know, that's good. So, well, so, you know, so we hey, can put that on the website? Is that, uh, yeah, you can. Uh, that you can okay? Hey, there you go. There's your testimonial. Patrick Egan, I'm a sidekicker, <laughs> too. Yeah, there you go. That's it. Yeah. Love it. I do Thank celebrity you, endorsements, you know, for chai lattes. That's right. And, uh, for chai lattes, right. right. <laughs> no, no, no. See you at Starbucks. No, uh, not a paid endorsement. <laughs> anyway, um, so let's talk about, um, you know, let's talk about the future because this business really lives in the future. And you may not be able to let the cat out of the bag and everybody says, oh, well, you know, the stuff, we have future plans, but we can't <laughs> talk about them, which is understandable. But it, it seems in this, no, market, you know. It's always like six months. Oh, we got some, you know, or a year or whatever. I mean, is there, and I don't want you to tip off the competition because I think you guys, it's kind of funny. You've been like, you know, sitting there waiting in the wings as it were for the last two years and people were like, holy mackerel, you know, flight services. Look who's there. So, you know, I mean, uh, without giving away the store, what do we, uh, what what do we have in store two years from now? Yeah, Patrick. Well, I like the way you said that in the most positive light. Another way of saying that is you guys are horrible at marketing. Could <laughs> also maybe be a fair comment, but yeah, uh, yeah it's, it, it is interesting. And we, you know, we truly believe that the industry right now, probably hopefully for a long time to come, can still be collaborative. Um, you know, I, I, we get that there's competition out there. Truly, there's enough space for space for everyone, and you know, especially because people are taking different approaches. So, uh, we're we're happy to share kind of some of the excitement that we, we see coming down the pike. So, two, we have functionality that we can talk about, and as well as a couple partnerships. So, from a functionality side, what we've really heard from users 
and this is what we adamantly believe is the voice of the customer should really drive what functionality we roll out. So what they've asked for is to say, hey, you know, inside of the platform, you know, I can see where other people are operating now. And the manned aviators, the CFI who's going out to do power off stalls can look and see if, hey, maybe there's, you know, somebody flying in, in a you know, field nearby that might not be aware that they're around. But, but I can't communicate with them. So the idea is to uh, launch intra um, platform communications. So we're blinded, obviously, nobody's personal identifiable information gets out, but it'd be a way just to kind of click on another operator and say, hey, you know, I see you're operating a couple fields over. I'm flying some commercial real estate, you know, you know, off to your west by about a half mile. Just just want to let you know where I am. Or the ag pilot, um, who, and they've been real big fans of ours, have said, you know, hey, if, if I can just flip open my phone and see if people are operating and, and may, they may not expect to see me coming, you know, low and slow as I'm spraying these fields, that, that might be really helpful. So, we're going to roll out some communications. Um, you know, we are trying to bring this whole world of manned and unmanned together. So while ADSB isn't a perfect solution, we all know with urban canyons and, you know, al- low altitude flight, um, we think it's at least valuable enough to pipe in. And so we can show where, you know, the manned aircraft are operating. And especially when the 2020 mandate hits, that'll, that'll pull in a, a number of folks. So we're, we're trying to increase safety on that front. And then, you know, micro weather. People talk about weather a lot. Um, I think it'll matter more when we go beyond line of sight. Hey, mm-hmm. I talk to people about weather and they say, well, you know, uh, the way I check weather is I walk outside and I look up and I go, hmm, okay, looks like I can fly. So that's great. And, and we totally get that. But if you go a little bit further away, especially, um, you know, if you're dealing with, uh, you know, beyond line of sight and those, those type of operations, you're, you're going to kind of need to know, you know, what's happening down the road. So that's kind of our, our short-term uh, roadmap for functionality. Um, and then from a partnership perspective, I, I really want to talk about this because we're super excited. Um, first, we have two great partnerships um, going on. One is with Allianz Insurance and Transport Risk. And so, you know, as we discussed earlier, our goal always was to try to provide these tools to pilots to keep the NAS safe, you know, as economically as possible. And although, you know, it, we kind of joked about the chai latte and five bucks a month, and, and we really priced that so it wasn't excessive and, and seemed reasonable, but we get it still cost. So, you know, our friends at Allianz uh, did uh, it began helping on that front. So I, I'm certainly not an insurance professional, but in essence, what they have told me they did was they ran a number of loss ratio analyses. And what the data showed was that pilots who file UOA flight plans, you know, that are letting other folks know where they're operating in the airspace and kind of having this culture of safety, believe it or not, they're actually safer pilots. And so that helps. Yeah, I know it's a shock, right? So, um, Allianz said, hey, that's great. You know, that helps us because we end up, you know, paying less claims. Um, and so what they're doing to reward these folks is um, discounting their annual premiums for insurance, you know, liability and haul up to 25%, which we think is pretty exciting. So the idea that we had gone in with was simply that, hey, you know, if Sidekick costs you five bucks a month, you know, we get that that's 60 bucks a year. But if you can save a couple hundred bucks on your annual premium, you know, these pilots net out on the positive side, you know, the NASA is safer. You know, every, everybody hopefully is happy and um you know, so a big thank you to Allianz and Transport Risk on that front. Yeah, well, that, you know, that sounds like a win-win. Uh, there were a few things in there you said that, uh, you know, resonated with me, and that was one of them. It's another revolutionary deal besides just uh, <clears throat> charging for your product is actually listening to your customer base. I mean, <laughs> where did you guys come up with that one? <laughs> yeah, thanks for noticing that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, these people, oh, yeah, I got a, I have an ag solution. Did you talk to any end users? Nah, you know, you talk to us. They don't know what they need. I go out there and show what ag- agricultural applications is all about. Okay, sounds good. Have a nice day. How's that working out? Not so good. Okay. Right. So, right. You know, talking to your customer base and 
incorporating feedback into your product. And man, God, you guys are. Yeah, I think you guys are playing possum on me over here. But okay, yeah, I'll <laughs> my good eye on you on that one. And then, uh, yeah, Allianz and uh, Transport Risk, those those guys are uh, serious business folks. And uh, the, the insurance thing is great. Um, everybody, you know, you should consider insurance. It's funny, you know, you talk about your wife and her chai lattes, and I used to have this old saw in this business. I'd tell people, oh, you know, why would you need liability insurance? I said, well, does your wife like her stuff? <laughs> when the sheriff comes to take your house, I don't know about you. Know, you guys may have different relationships, but you know, I'm going to have marital strife when the sheriff's seizing the house. I, I'm just saying, you know, but that's me. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a fair point. Very fair point. Um, so, yeah, those folks, those folks over there are great. Um, and, and the other one, I know we're running low on time, but the other partnership I want to talk about is, you know, this is going to open up a whole another avenue, but we really think remote identification is, is going to be important for law enforcement. Uh, you know, this concept of saying, hey, if, you know, there are drones flying over crowds, if they're at events, you know, it just makes sense that at least law enforcement would have the ability to understand, you know, who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. And so we're, um, we partnered with uh, an organization called Pierce Aerospace who's working with the air force and they're, they're developing some pretty cool solutions that we're hoping, uh, you know, that we're partnering on. And, uh, you know, I, I just think it's a good, another win-win where, you know, we can do some good for the community. And, you know, I, I think it'll open up for pilots everywhere. Once, you know, once some of those concerns from, you know, DHS and FBI and the other three letter acronym organizations get, you know, assuaged a bit, then I think all of us will be able to fly a little further and a little bit uh, um, more more complex. Well, and, you know, I, I agree with those notions. I mean, I do have some problems with ID and tracking, and, and, and you know, some of them are technical. Some of them are, you know, True. people trying to gobble up my market share. Yeah. The other one, I mean, you know, okay, let's let's just, you know, break down safety. And I'm, I don't want to go, you know, into the weeds on this one. But, you know, the, the notion that people want to fly over people without a practical test, and mm. as far as I'm concerned, that's just crazy talk. You don't even know if, you know, Joe Bag of Donuts can fly this thing. You know, and I want to fly it right. over the stadium. Are you crazy? You know, and then the other one is, is the, uh, you know, this is another thing that the, your Best Buy flyer, not that I'm disparaging Best Buy, I love Best Buy, I got a whole house full of stuff that I bought there, um, but, you know, the, uh, you know, it's one of these things where, uh, you know, the mean time between failures on these, uh, you know, toys is uh, lower than a snake's belly, you know, and I don't think... Right. That that's a good idea either. So those things need to come up. I do think uh, you know the idea and tracking. You know I've you know the, we touched on ADSB, but you know in the early days when I was on the Ark, I was really hoping we could have you know an ADSB solution in out. You know the two freaks, every aircraft in the airspace. You know space based, and then you know. I was chagrined when I heard that Africa is going to get space-based ADSB before the United States. I'm like, you know, what, yeah, what's right. going on here, man? And you know, right. and while I'm on my ADSB safety soapbox, I would also, uh, you know, like the FAA to support a public algorithm for detecting boy, close up that Wi-Fi vulnerability, and I think you got yeah, a winner, point. winner, chicken dinner. You know, that's it. Uh, yeah, I think so, we're on board with that, Patrick. That makes a lot of sense. Well, well I'm trying to find a middle ground. Sense. 
until you talk to the right. FAA and AOPA about mandating that every aircraft in the NAS has got ADSB. That goes over like a Led Zeppelin. But that's another discussion for another time. You know. Okay, so you know yeah, we are running. Well, go ahead. No, that was always it. Always came down to weight and cost. Yeah. So you know, trying to put that into a drone kind of theater is is very difficult. So you know, there's well, there's technology advances and cost you know, benefits, but, uh, it, that's a challenge. Yeah. You know, and there, and things are getting smaller and things are getting cheaper and there's, you know, all kinds of stuff, right. but you know, whatever. I mean, you know, my, my problem with the uh, ID and tracking thing is, is, you know, if they go off half cocked on that one, I mean, I've already talked to, and I hate to call them hackers because everybody's like, Oh, hacker, bad connotations. But the thing, you know, most of these guys are like, Oh, Hey man, you know, I could spoof you up a thousand drones, 10,000 drones. What, you know, what do you want? You know? Um, I could defeat that in about two seconds. So that's something that really needs to be thought about um, prior to that being kicked off. And I still think we should have tried some of the other stuff first, you know, like, uh, oh, I don't know, you know, enforcement, just saying, (laughs) things like that. But that's another show. Anyway, so, um, you know, before we before we uh, wrap this one up, let's talk about places where or websites where listeners can learn more or access the U.S. Sidekick um, app. Yeah, you bet. Um, pretty straightforward, uasidekick.com. Um, unfortunately, you'll see our two ugly mugs up there, um, along with a little <laughs> bit of history of how we got into this. Um, and then, obviously, the, the app is available on any iOS or Android device, so App Store, Google Play, whatever your uh, device of preference may be. Um, and, yeah, you know, we'd, we'd love folks to try it out. We've tried to make it fast. We've tried to make it easy and, and kind of to your – tongue-in-cheek comment you know we want to hear feedback that's you know if nothing else we would love folks to you know pick up um or jump on their computer and shoot over a message to nathan at ua sidekick or jason at ua sidekick we're accessible um we want to hear what's working well what isn't working well and you know what you want next well, right, well, that will be rolled out pretty soon too so that was uh yeah that was something else on there that gives the date and the time so we're excited about that as well you can find that information oh. on the website and Patrick, I, I completely am remiss because I didn't say this. So the Lance solution will be rolling out um, on 1020. So all the development's done. We're integrating with the FAA. And the reason we picked up 1020, we think it's kind of cool, although another yeah. take on it might be kind of corny. But um, 1020 is the, the TIN code in law enforcement for what's your location. Kind of. Uh, so what's your what 20? do I look like? I just fell off the uh, turnip truck over here. Of course I <laughs> <laughs> so, easy, easy day to remember. Uh, yeah, I like so, it. I'll leave it I like at that. It. Well, we'll have to definitely uh, catch up in the future on this one. And it was good talking to you guys. I, I you know, I, like I said, I've um, I've admired the the product. Um, some people, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, he doesn't like anything. That's not true. I just don't like junk. So you know, <laughs> let's get it straight. Anyway. It was good talking to you guys. I learned a lot. Um, I wish you all the best. And, um, you know, we'll have to talk here in the future. Thank you both for being on. And we'll see everyone on the next episode of the SUS News Podcast. Thanks, Patrick. Real pleasure. Bye. Bye.